Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web, light novel, and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists and writers that are part of this amazing explosion of creativity, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. We'd like to welcome Gio Coronai, the author of original English light novel, Parable of the Renegades. The plot is about a young man caught up in a world of intrigue, assassinations, and a new subspecies of human, when all he wanted was a break from the boredom of life. So welcome, Gio. Uh, is, would you say that's an accurate description of, or can you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Uh, yeah, um, thank you. First of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, for having me here. I really jumped at the opportunity when I saw it, and uh, I'm, it's, I really appreciate it. Uh, so you got your description was like a little unexpected, but it, it does sum up the plot in a way. And I, I was pretty, I was caught off guard with what you said, but I liked it. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. So crunching things down <laughs> to, to, uh, to, uh, 240 characters is, uh, something I uh, get used to doing. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, so, um, just elaborate a little bit on it. Uh, what's your protagonist like? So in Parable of the Parable of the Renegades, it stars a high school student named uh, Lucas Thorne. Uh, the best way I'd like to describe him is that he's supposed to represent like people who have dreams, big dreams, but they don't have at the same time don't have the drive to fully pursue it. It's like it's like how there are many people who want to be rich, but they don't want to do the hard work that that's required to get to get the to get to get all that money. Uh, Lucas is someone is based since Parable of the Renegades is a shonen story. Uh, Lucas is based on like how most shonen protagonists, male shonen protagonists, are portrayed. Like they're adventurous. They want these. They want to become the best at something. And you know, Lucas himself is no different. He wants these things too. But he's also cautious enough to know that what he wants is going to be is a, is something like. It's like too dangerous for him, or it might be. He might regret it if he if he still lives, and uh, this is because the world he lives in is was recently revealed to be populated by a by a special subspecies of hu- a rare subspecies of humans called renegades. So these are they're still human, but they have they have these uh, they have supernatural abilities to in the shoot in a, that's the short way to put it. But there's more into there's more about them than just supernatural abilities. Okay. And so and um, like like in the beginning of the story, uh, Lucas is he does he for you know he mostly uh, kept his life stable by not like getting himself involved with anything, and because of that he stayed safe. But at the same time, his life was pretty much uneventful. It's just the same routine every day of going to school relaxing at home doing whatever but the only weird the only the only strange thing about his daily his weekly routine is that every friday night he go he fights in underground street fights to earn money <laughs> that's the only unusual thing but even that has um even that has uh what's the word that now feels dull to him it's like okay. it's like a boxer choosing to stay in the minor leagues when his skills are enough to be pro okay so, so uh, sorry. I was, so, no, um, I, I think an important thing to ask, though, 
is uh, do you have a nice uh, cute waifu involved in the story because you know ah uh, yes um <laughs> well i i wrote the story with a female lead in mind as well so during in the beginning of lucas's adventure he decides to stop playing safe for once you know he decides to actually let his curiosity get the best of him and what happens is he witnesses an assassin from another nation her name is rio kyodera she is a she's um she's a japanese person but in my you in the parable of the Ren, in the para rena universe that's my shortcut for parable of the renegades just so you know okay in the in the para rena universe uh she's from a country called nihan which is basically a combination of nihon and japan put together so it's my fictional version of japan um in in the in my universe mo every country or i'm calling them nations will have um will have uh, like slightly corrupted names or you know something that makes reminds you of said country but it's not exact okay this is because i want them to be like a fictional version of themselves so while i will try to portray them as accurate as i can to their origin to their you know to their main source i might end up tweaking their culture a bit that's that's the main that was the main point of okay. instead of saying she's from japan so um in the story, Lucas witnesses Rio in the middle of her job, which was an assassination gig, and Rio has this philosophy that has policy that no matter that she kills every witness who sees her at work, even if it was by accident. So she ends up hunting Lucas down to his home, and they get into a bit of a scuffle that uh, has a few um, well, a bit of a hot and steamy moment, even though it's not really supposed to be hot and steamy. <laughs> You should you should you should read you should read okay. you should read that part maybe. Right. <laughs> um, and in the pro in after this uh, short scuffle they have, Rio decides that she'd like she decides to make a, a make a slight exception for Lucas because there's a quality of his that she has been that interests her. So in exchange for in exchange for sparing him, she give she de she delegates her she delegates her work to him which um which her current assignment is that she was um commissioned to assassinate seven renegades who are who live all around the world and one of them just so happened to live live near lucas's hometown so in exchange for sparing lucas's life she makes him take over her assignment to kill those seven renegades in her place that's the that's the blackmail so lucas has been given like the chance of an adventure and he's and he's being and he's you know there's he cannot uh, just simply refuse because rio has rio will rio does something to him that will like if he loses he's as good as he's he's gone <laughs> if he if he chooses to refuse i mean right so he really doesn't he he's not in a uh, position to refuse yeah he yeah should, um i'd like to i'd like i could go in the specifics of that nah, but, let, let's save it um, for the readers Okay, so yeah, the short, the short, the short way to say it is that she has a way that if he refuses, he's dead. Okay. So while Lucas is going to, be, while Lucas will will have to do something about you know fulfilling her assignments, Rio will be like supervising him, and you know their relationship may be like that of a master and a slave, but it it takes on you know it takes on I'd say maybe interesting some interesting turns as the story goes on. I think you could maybe he's an assassination intern. 
uh, sort of, but he doesn't know how to assassinate. So Rio just tells him, I'm not telling you to assassinate them, just kill them. Okay. <laughs> Something so, like that. So um, were you one of those people who always was uh, a writer or a storyteller? Um, or was it something that you came into later? Did you always have ideas that you wanted to put down on paper or is it something that you developed into? I've been writing stories since I was in grade school, but those were just assignments. So, uh, looking back on my, on the work, on the stories I've written back then, they were, they were all very general descriptions, like reading a, like reading a script, nothing like, like nothing like reading a novel. And in fact, I actually hated novels for the longest time. It was actually how my parents grounded me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Um, whenever I'd done something wrong, no TV, no video games, but you're going to read this novel and you're going to give me a book report on it. And that was the worst ever because back then looking at a novel, I would just see walls of text and uh, how am I supposed to know what's going on when there's no pictures? <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking. That's what I, that's how I, that was my mindset back then when I was a kid until um, even, I think it, I think it even persisted to high school, but during that time I was a little bit, you know, more okay with reading novels. And, um, event, when I graduated college, I joined the gaming industry because that was actually the course I took in college, game design and development. So, uh, I, during, and during this, during my time as a game developer, I actually came up with this idea for a game, a hack and slash game like Devil May Cry. And, but unfortunately, you know, the way I saw our, the, my local gaming industry, they weren't ready to do something like a AAA action game. So, and I didn't want to be in, in uh, concept depth. Is that the right word to put it? Like you have a concept, but you just let it rot. Yes. I think that's what it's called. So I didn't want to be in concept depth. So I decided, and since I was terrible at drawing, and, or I can draw. I can only draw good if I'm given really a lot of time, and then <laughs> and I can only draw something a little decent. Um, so rather than draw a manga, I decided to turn this game idea into a novel. So I taught myself how to. I taught myself how to write like write novels, and I ended up starting to appreciate them more. I started to become more fond of reading imagery. Uh, and the and prose, I, I you know I, I I only I only became fond of novels when I was no longer required to read them. <laughs> I I, I kind of understand that. Uh, I my younger brother is uh, was like that as well. I mean he, it I don't think he started actually reading reading actual books like real books until he was in his thirties. I mean oh. he he hated reading. It was just oh, not yeah. his thing at all and. Now he, you know, reads and uh, it, it's it's one of those things where, wow, see what you've been missing, or at least the portability of what you've been missing. This can suck up hours of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so and um, so, yeah, I just I decided the Parable of the Renegades was originally the concept for a video game. And but as I and as I wrote the story it completely deviated from the original pro plot I wrote when I was first, uh, when I was first thinking of it as a video game, compare the plot back then to the plot. Now I would really laugh at my old plot. <laughs> Trust me. Would... There are many of us who would really laugh at the plots of our older, uh, stories. I mean, I, I, yeah. like you, I, I started writing when I was young and, uh, 
to look back at some of the plots were yeah they they're kind of scary one um i remember was uh, of course it was completely macross inspired and it was and i didn't know how to break up paragraphs so the entire thing was one paragraph you know <laughs> oh walls of text were, were were my nightmares for when it came to novels and uh <laughs> so yeah um i i had i definite breaking down my text into paragraphs was one of the first things i wrote i mean i learned when i was uh, teaching myself to write yeah the so what um what helps inspire you to write what is it that uh gets your gets your creativity flowing for some people uh, it's something they've watched or something they've read or yeah what, uh, what yeah is that? you can you can include those two um for you can include those two among my inspirations but um most of the time what inspires me to write is actually when i'm not writing uh when i'm doing anything that's not writing i use this is when the ideas actually this is actually the time when the ideas uh come flowing in like when I'm, whenever I'm writing a manuscript and I have no and I'm in writer's block, I I actually couldn't. I just sit in the front of the computer for maybe an hour and still nothing comes out. But once I'm not writing, like maybe I'm cooking or maybe I'm just writing my driving outside, suddenly everything just comes in. Like oh my, I gotta get back to my computer right away. It's 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 weird. It it just it. I only get my best ideas when I'm not writing at all. So whenever I am writing, this is just me trying to remember all that, all of those um, ideas that came in. So, uh, have you gotten to that point where you've been writing and you get yourself into that corner that you can't write yourself out of? So you have to go back and change things just to get yourself out of the corner you've written yourself into? Because I, uh, I find yeah, that's that, uh, that's times. a show of a great uh, of a, a a good writer is when you. It takes you somewhere you didn't anticipate, and then you're like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there are many. This happens to me all the time. So whenever I feel like I've hit a hit a wall, I I'll do anything that's not writing. But I some some whether it be watching watching a watching a show that I'm currently backlogged in, or reading someone else's work also helps, especially when it comes to prose, because uh, you know even if no matter how no matter how well I write my prose, I always feel like the works I read from others are often better and that I need to step up to them. So this is, this is why I often, uh, this is why I also enjoy reading the works of others whenever, whenever I'm, uh, in, um, like whenever I'm in a relaxed mood, but, uh, all in all it, the best, the best ideas will always come to me whenever, when I least expect it. So, uh, are you a, do you do a lot of revisions as you write or do you oh, yeah. write it out and then go back and just completely shred what you've done? Because some people, they have to keep going because if they keep going back each time, they'll never get anywhere. Uh, it depends on how much of a wall did I write myself into because there are, I often like delete chunks maybe of prose, but I don't, I won't delete the entire the entire chapter that never happened. I always, it's always like this part here doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to fit well with what, with my vision. So maybe I could, maybe I just need to adjust some, adjust some parts of it or maybe delete it completely. But, um, I never, whenever I start a chap, every chapter I've written, I've never, um, truly started over on it. There's always, um, there's always a bit of like a plan. I do, whenever I write my novels, I do my plots. I mean, um, they're, they're generally planned, but 
this is like for only the most important parts. I don't plan every single single step. Like I have, I mostly come up with the ending first. How would I like this chapter to end? So I could spend the rest of the time uh, fooling around with the reader. And usual, and I used to make these plans like um, concrete, like full, like com- every single thing I want to happen is all there. But when I'm in the middle of writing it, once I'm once I am actually writing it, you know, some other I, some other things that could make it that could help improve it end up coming out of nowhere. And sometimes it uh, makes me need to make some changes. Uh, well, how many, how many hours a week would you say you spend working on, on writing? Right. I usually take about um, like two hours, at least two hours whenever I'm free, because uh, I often, ha- I also have my, I also have my day job to do. And I also have my, and I also have my uh, like times I'm cooking for, I'm cooking for my family. And there's also the times I just want to relax and do whatever, do anything else I want to do. And I think two hours is like a good time for me to, like, um, do get some writing done without feeling burnt out after it's after I'm done after after that uh, time has has passed. Hey, I I I feel you on having the full plate. I honestly do. No. <laughs> yeah, but I do often come back. Like um, even after the two hours, I don't. This doesn't mean I write two hours a day only. Sometimes when I really feel like I still have more I could give. I will come back, but I usually take a short break first, like maybe a power nap or maybe a snack or, <laughs> or anything that anything I can do to to help me freshen up again. Yeah. I often find some of my best ideas and best motivations happen when I'm busy. Which, yeah, and, same, same. But if I have a week off, I'll be like, you know what? I could work on this and then mm-hmm. never get to it. <laughs> yeah, it it's staying... Um, Staying motivated at times is mm-hmm. difficult, and uh, for some of us, especially those of us who leave busy lives, but because uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there with uh, desk drawers, as they used to say, you'd, everyone would have a desk drawer with an unfinished novel in it, and uh, anybody mm-hmm. who can carry an idea from beginning to end uh, deserves a lot of respect, because there are a lot of pressures and a lot of distractions in life. Do, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, have you written something that surprises you? Like you're writing and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I didn't never saw that coming. But it's the natural conclusion to what this is going. What's happened? Uh, yeah, there's I only have two web novels, actually. One is Parable of the Renegades and the other is a one shot that I submitted for Honeyfeed's uh, Halloween contest. So. This was that contest where you had to make, uh, yeah, just a one-shot. It had to be based on Halloween. Uh, the name of the title is uh, "For Your Smile, My Sweet Little Girl," but don't get the, don't get me wrong. The title is the title is nothing like what you might expect when you first hear it. Um, in that novel, in that one-shot, I took a break from my usual style and I wrote in first person, and I put myself in the shoes of a. I put myself in the shoes of, I tried to put myself in the shoes of a little girl who seems to be more intelligent than her actual age suggests and speaks in a pretty high and mighty attitude. Like she knows that she's better than many people. So she, and she's not afraid to flaunt it. Uh, but, and, and you know, the story is all about Halloween. And since Halloween's generally supposed to be considered a scary, scary holiday, I wanted to make the story horror 
and and I didn't and when I was doing that, I thought I tried to think of monsters that scared me, but you know, when whether it didn't matter for in the end it didn't matter because no matter what monster scared me, there's gonna be someone for sure who's who wouldn't be. So I decided to make the horror element of the story the genuine the mind of a genuine child. And that's what my, my main character is. Um, because I once I once heard that uh, I once heard from a video that um, kids believe that the world revolves around them. They don't care about uh, things that adults would be concerned with, like politics or maybe morals or maybe. But most of the time, the kids are like they only care about what's good for them. And when you put that and when you put that kind of perspective on someone who who can think like above other kids, yeah, you might you you might get. You might. You, this is. You can potentially end up with, with a, a, a child who is more horrified, was really horrifying, but is not a monster at all. Is still a genuine child. Um, I, 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 I like my, like my, like Parable of the Renegades. Um, I'd also definitely recommend. I'd also definitely like uh, um, my people to read my Halloween one shot. It's well, just, it's just one chapter. It sounds intriguing. Um, what. What is your favorite kind of scene to write? Are you a good action guy, or are you good? Uh, do you consider yourself it easy to write dialogue? What kind of scenes uh, do you gravitate towards? Oh, I want to be good at writing action because uh, Parable of the Renegades is a is is based on. I I wanted to write Parable of the Renegades based on my favorite shonen action, you know, shonen battle manga. So I want to become good at writing action scenes, but I'm not really satisfied with my current skill level yet. I always need to look at references whenever I'm whenever I'm doing these kinds of things. So currently my my greatest strength would probably have to be dialogue because um, I always I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to my when it comes to my prose. So I always tend to repeat what my like I like to repeat what my characters say to each other when they when they're having some banter and I wanna and I ask myself like is this like interesting to listen to? Does it sound generic? Like what I've does it sound like something I've heard before. So I actually I often find myself editing dialogue the most because I also need to make sure it it matches my character's personality. And um, I also have to make sure that when you read this out loud, can you say it without running out of breath? Because you know this is a character talking after all. <laughs> so there's many things that I often think about when it comes to dialogue and. Um, I feel like that's my greatest strength as of when it, when it comes to writing as of now. Okay, so uh, who who are your who do you admire uh, as far as authors go? Um, who do you read a lot of, or who whose writing has had a big impact on you? This is probably going to be a little surprising, but I don't have any famous author, mainstream author that I admire. But that doesn't mean like. I don't think they're terrible at all. It's uh, it's just like I didn't. It's it's uh, because of the, my favorite authors are those who influenced me to start writing. Okay. And the and the, the person who the one who made me want to start writing was uh, in the was in the oh in the light novelist Brandon Varnell. Hey, I know Brandon, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he he is a um, a terrific author and a prolific one. 
Yeah, he's got so many skills that I that I really wish I had, like how he can write so many words in one day and how he can uh, juggle so many series at once. You know? And his and not to mention, um, his prose is the greatest thing I admire about his work. Um, when I when I was teaching myself to write, um, Brandon Brandon's works were my template. They were my they were my they were what I tried to emulate when I was first teaching myself. And eventually I. You know, I, I eventually stopped looking at at uh, his works more. You know, I I, I was uh, you know looking at them less like uh, less often basically, and um, trying to do things my own way. But you know, sometimes when I'm feeling stuck on how to write something, I tend to go back to I tend to go back to one of his works and then and then try to get something out of it. Yeah. Hey, we all have people that we've tried to model ourselves after and. It's uh, it's always helpful to have those people to go back. As they, as they say in golf, uh, even the pro golfers go back to the guy who taught them how to play. Yeah. So it's, it's oh. yeah. It's it's all about it is all about learning because you'll never know everything there is to know. And if you need to write something new, you'll have to find someone else to help you because there are very few people who have that 100% savant natural talent that that makes them good at everything so yeah that's yeah. agreed no, no one is that student and, council president in an anime who is good at everything <laughs> and uh but you know um although Brandon Varnell is the one who got me interested in light novels in general and uh also made me lo- enjoy reading novels the people who made me want to write i mean like uh you know, start actually writing the novel. I think I, I think I mentioned that in, Brand, in Brandon. I'm, he's, he's like part of it, but I think I would say like the trigger, the people who, the trigger of what made me want to actually start writing would be, um, one of them is someone you're going, you may have interviewed already, uh, Gary Hines. Yes. Yes, he's, his work is what made me want to begin write, putting my ideas down on paper and actually start putting them on, publishing them online. Along And also um, another, another author, web novelist who, uh, he, who is also on Honeyfeed, uh, Trinity Novels. All right. Uh, th- those two, after reading both of their works... I wanted to, that made me feel like I wanted to, I also want to get into that platform. I want to publish my work online. I want to put this idea, I want to stop this idea from rotting in my head and start putting it and start sharing it with the world to see. So I'm I'm influenced by indie authors. Yeah, hey, I, as you can tell, I completely respect it the indie author community and uh, want to cheerlead their works as many as much as possible. So, uh, do you have uh, a favorite past or current anime or light novel series that you have uh, really enjoyed? Uh, Okay, so in generally, I'm fine with, I'm okay with any genre so long as there's something, there's something in its premise that really hooks me in. But um, I'm someone who got into anime in general by, you know, anime manga by uh, shown by watching anime adapt from the Shonen Jump magazine. Okay. So so I'm really a Shonen. I'm really like 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 I said. Um, 
Parable of the Renegades is like based on my favorite Battle Shonen, and it's and in Battle Shonen is what got me into manga in general. Um, you know, I, I wasn't into I wasn't interested at all in anything regarding manga or anime until I was around like halfway done through high school. I was really a cartoon guy throughout my childhood, and you know, to some extent, it's still it's still that. But nowadays, I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching I'm looking at more manga and anime. Okay. Uh, so. It's since it's battle shonen, so um, I know Dragon Ball's often the answer when it comes to people like what was their main influence. But if in my case, it wasn't Dragon Ball. In fact, I haven't even watched Dragon Ball other than Team Four Stars Dragon Ball Z abridged. <laughs> That's the only way I know Dragon Ball actually. Yeah. Team Four Star. Um, it was Naruto that actually got me interested in anime because um, it was the talk of. It was the talk of my high school. All of okay. my friends in my clique were talking about it, and I, and I and I wanted to join them, but I had no idea how. So I decided to just start watching Naruto, and then and then that it all went it all you know went on from there. Um, although Naruto, I wouldn't call Naruto my favorite anime of all time. I, I noticed the flaws it has, but it holds a special place in my heart because it's what got. If it wasn't for Naruto, I wouldn't be interested in and I probably wouldn't be interested in anime at all or i'd have to find another example but you know naruto's the one that did it so <laughs> all right it has a special place but if you want to talk about like my favorite as in my real favorite anime of all time they would be i would be debating between hunter hunter and jojo's bizarre adventure and uh currently black clover those are my like my top three black clover has been absolutely an amazing ride from yes it, it it started you know in the beginning it started and i'm like i don't know it just yeah but I it just that. got I... better and better and better yeah. let me let me tell you a little bit about how i see black clover you know um i was a fan of the author's work before um he had a previous manga called hungry joker where it was actually the opposite of black clover it was also a battle manga but the the power source in that series was science. Characters okay. used scientific logic to fight, and unfortunately, it got canceled. But I really loved it so much, even though it only ran twenty four chapters. And you know, I was excited to see what the author would come up with next. And then he made Black Clover, and you know, what made me I think what made me really enjoy Black Clover more was that people didn't tell me to watch it or read it. They this is this is some kind of a complex I have for some reason, but. Whenever people tell me, try to recommend something for me, I, I appreciate it for sure, yes. But it it has to be really good if if, if I want to, like, um, it has to be really good if I want to um, truly enjoy it. Because this is, this is actually the case when it came to uh, My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer. I really enjoy both series, but both, but on both series, people kept recommending it to me, like, you have to watch this. You're going to love this guy. You're going to love Bakugo. You're going to love Tanjiro. And that ended up making me set extremely high expectations for them. And if I and if they don't reach it, I don't I don't I end up I end yes. up I ended up, you know, not liking them as much as I probably should. You know, um when people overhype Demon Slayer episode nineteen, you know, yeah. you know, you you you've seen that, right? Yeah. I watched it, I watched it, and my reaction was it's pretty. Yes, that's it. it that there, was it. There I was a lot of there was a lot of that in my opinion too. That people thought it might have been like it was the greatest thing ever, and I'm like, yeah. it was good. It was creative. I appreciate how they incorporated the different 
art styles into the into the uh, into the scenes, but it to me it wasn't uh, the end all be all of yeah of and <laughs> it, it wasn't like the pinnacle of anime at that point to me. It's <laughs> it, it was pretty, but it I, I think it just means that the people who got overhyped uh, have seen less anime than I have. <laughs> They did a really good job. Don't get me wrong. Yes, was, they did a I, great like job. Said, it, was pretty, it was pretty. But um, when it came to Black Clover, since nobody told me to, nobody told me to watch it, and all I found online was uh, people bashing it for its first few episodes, and I can agree with them. The, it was um, <laughs> Asta's voice was really terrible in the beginning, but yes. as I went on with it, uh, as I went on with it, I began to see things that were not on the surface. You know, the thing that I like about Black Clover is that. Although I criticize it often for its simple dialogue, you know, that's my, like I said, that's my strength. Behind that simple dialogue and seemingly simple scenes, I end up seeing, I end up seeing things like that are going below the surface. Like this is, you know, as someone who writes a novel, you have to be good at uh, understanding imagery and Black Clover has really done an exemplary job of making me see things to about characters who may seem 2D at first, but when I see their, when I see more, when I look more into their actions, I start to come up with, I start to see things that they don't literally point out directly, but they, it, it, it feels like true to their character and it makes me appreciate them more. This is the, you know, as I think I wouldn't have appreciated them if I wasn't into writing novels for sure. Yeah. The- and, uh, yeah, so this is the this is the kind of thing. And uh, when people say stuff like Black Clover is super generic, the ironic thing when it comes to me is that I don't watch every single anime that comes out. And most of the anime I watch are always those that, like, they stand, this is super unique and stuff. So when I see Black Clover, as generic as people say it is, to me, Black Clover is actually a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Hey, the, uh, what really the production staff in itself has uh is what gave me a lot of respect for the show when i found yeah, out that each season's uh each season they let two young animators animate the open that's why it has so many different opens yeah <laughs> they hand it off to the the kids that want to prove that they've got what it takes to move from like the in-betweens to uh, character design or uh, keyframes, and that really that giving people a chance to prove that they've got the ability is to me uh, uh, an amazing uh, an amazing risk because some people you know if they don't like that open they're not watching yeah. the show. The Black Clover's uh, anime staff is really getting a lot of uh, has a lot of uh, things put up against them, and you know after I watched the video that um, detailed that I, I gained an even greater respect for the series in general. Yeah. Um, you know, so there are so many things and, um, you know, not, it's, uh, that's, it's, that's why it's considered, I consider it one of my favorites because, well, there are so many, it, it's really an underdog in the anime in among all anime and the way it was, and funny enough, the way it was treated in the beginning actually mirrors the main character's um struggles throughout his world yes it does he starts off someone being ridiculed but then as he begins to prove himself he starts to gain more respect and even his 
even his screaming gets toned down. And yes. when I even and I even found out why he screams in the first place, and that really hit me hard. Like he doesn't scream just because it's like generic. It's a generic shonen thing. He has a good reason to do so, and I really appreciated him so much, so much more because of that. Yeah. When I and he didn't say it. He didn't even literally say it. He just simply showed it. And you know, novelists show. Don't try not try. You should try to show more often rather than tell. Yes. That really struck a chord in me, and I really, you know, that really cemented it as one of my favorites of all time for sure. All right, that's great. Thank you uh, very much for talking with me. Uh, yeah. A quick disclaimer for the audience: uh, Honey Feed uh, is uh, the is a subsidiary of Honey's Anime, which I am an editor for. Uh, though this podcast is not connected with Honey's Anime or its parent company, QDOP Inc. Uh, if you want to look for some of Gio's work, check out honeyfeed.com or Wattpad and, or follow his innermost thoughts uh, and cooking recipes at Gio Kurenai on Twitter. Uh, I can't tell you how exciting it is to live in this age. Uh, I love that creators get better access to the market and they don't have to go through the massive publishing complex to get their stories out there. I really appreciate the work and dedication every creator makes to get their work to market. So until next time, uh, please subscribe to WLNM where we hope to continue to highlight the best independent creators have to offer. Until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.